Welcome to Caffeinated Living. We're a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. My name is Kyle, and that took too many takes. I'm Dustin. And I'm Rob. So, yeah, y'all yeah, missed oh it. We, oh Dustin said we need a gag reel. That would be... That would be hilarious. It'd be it'd be funny if we had like live video of when we oh, would do this. Oh, that that no, that would oh not my. be funny. We we'd look like a bunch of fumbling like it's what's okay. going on. Yeah. But we're we're not the only ones that have technical difficulties. And if we are, so be it. <laughs> so be it. It's it's regardless whether we have technical difficulties or not, we're here. That's all that matters. So this week we are at episode 40. Episode 40. Wow. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Like, what was it The uh, when they said if you get past episode 7, that most people who try to start a podcast don't make it to episode 7. So, hey, I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that we, we if we find consistency, we're going to be rolling. But it's like snow and, and work and all these different things keep popping up, but we're chugging along. Yeah, I mean, I think regardless of a few hiccups, and obviously took off for the summer pretty much, I mean, hey. Our goal was 52, and we're almost there. We're almost there. (laughs) We're almost there. Yay. All right. Well, y'all doing okay this week? Can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah. The day started out busy, but it's good. We're going to hang in there and make it through. I know Dustin's directing the choir this week. (laughs) Yeah, not directing the choir today. (laughs) No, today was the day everybody decided to... Be sick, so I had to make quite a few phone calls and this morning, but we're good. Fun stuff. Yeah. Always the fun things. Things you got to do to propel the church forward until God sends someone to as your lead. Yeah. So, okay. But. That that would be an interesting show. What would be the most random or the most awkward thing you've had to do while serving at a church? Oh, gosh. That, I mean, don't you don't have to answer that now. I mean, just, if you can and, see Dustin's face. <laughs> <laughs> well, awkward be, and be, random, yeah. Be, be honest. Not, I mean, every person that has ever been on staff at a church has done something other than what they were initially called to do. Way beyond the job description. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's just, and, and I'm not talking about having to, like, scrub a toilet. I'm, I'm talking. About what would be that most random, most awkward thing you've had to do? I'd have to think about that, but I'm sure I could come up with a list. Oh, I, yeah, I, I could easily come up with a list. Come up with a list on that one. That's yeah. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Y'all think about that. that okay, might, that might be interesting. That that would be a good um, end to the episode one week. Our most random, most random responsibilities. We could most, do it once a month. Just the most random, <laughs> most <thing>. random, <laughs> random corner. Hey, there you go. There you go. So, yes, we're here. It's no longer snow on the ground. It's great. I'm loving it. That means that the snow has come and spring needs to come. And Let's skip spring and go straight to summer. I could skip pollen and all that and be fine. But I realize you need it to come. But, yeah, it snow was great when it was, it was falling down. I'm like, this is awesome. Just... Watching my kids play and drinking some coffee, but then I was just like, I am so ready for it to be over with. Yep. Yeah, I've I've reached that age where I used to like snow as a kid. You know, you get out of school, you can play in it, but now I'm at the age I'm like, I just want to stay inside. Yep. I could care less about the snow. Well, so 
since it did snow, did y'all go out and play in the snow? Oh, or absolutely. enjoy the snow? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, with two kids, you have to. But poor, my poor girl, she's very tiny. So when I set her in the eight inches of snow, it came up to her knees <laughs> and she couldn't move. So she didn't have any fun. <laughs> now, David did. He fell into the snow and made angels and threw snowballs at us and tried to make a snowman, but it didn't hold together. It's always funny, like church life-wise, what snow does being southerners where nobody can drive in it but i always think about like if we were to say this to our canadian listeners or people upstate new york or something yeah we didn't have church this sunday because we had snow on the ground they'd probably just laugh at us but it's it's always one of those funny things yes but this this is my take anytime we get snow down here it always turns to ice like instantly yeah I, i don't know why but it seems like our up north, it stays powdery. It, it doesn't necessarily yeah. freeze into ice. Yeah, I can see that. I guess, and you probably got this too, living in Virginia, I just learned how to drive in it. Because we had a lot more of it up there than here. Yeah. So did you, did you go play with your kids in the snow? Oh, yeah, man. Okay, y'all, y'all get Dad of the Year awards. Y'all, y'all went out and played with your kids. You didn't? The... No. Grumpy old man. Yes. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Poor Gracie. I think Jana went out... And took a picture with Gracie in the snow. And I think that's the only time she went out. I hate the snow. Gracie can come over to our house. I don't hate the snow. I don't hate it. I just very dislike it. In your defense, though, there's not really much places to really play in the snow around here. Other than just go waller in it. Flat and concrete. Make some snow angels. You got a little hill There's one little hill right there. That's that's where all the neighborhood kids come and go. That's where they go Hmm. over there sledding. But it was what it was. Dustin's got a great hill. I do. <laughs> really good hill. Only thing well, was, our my sled was broken. So oh, man. Couldn't go sledding. Go fund me, Paige, for Dustin. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Donate now. Well, speaking of snow, you had to come home because you were at a winter retreat. Yeah. And you actually had to come home, didn't you? Yeah. Dude, I could. we could spend a whole podcast on frustration. I texted you guys before we left. We had some COVID issues. We People, parents were worried about the weather. Churches were pulling out left and right, and... I was just like, I don't know what it is, but God's just saying, press on, keep going, keep going. We got up there, and we're like, we know we're going to have to leave early because we don't want to be trapped in Tennessee. So we made the decision, hey, we're going to come home the Saturday night after the last session, and it's going to be late. It'll be 2 a.m. when we roll in the church parking lot. And we went, and it it was worth it because the last session, we had three students give their life to the Lord. and. Mm. One decided to rededicate his life. So it made the trip totally worth it. It was a good bonding experience. And even though there wasn't 350 students, there was like 40-some. I think the smaller, the better in that aspect. It was just we needed it. And when we haven't had that in a couple years, it was just it was good. Yeah. I think that's anytime you get a – our students get away to kind of get a break. I think I think that's always a good thing. Yeah. So did it snow in Tennessee while you were there? Zero. No. So it all hit after you left. That's yeah. a good thing. We didn't see any, even coming through Asheville and all North Carolina, nothing. That's a blessing having to come through those yeah. nice little curves right there on I 40 coming from Tennessee into North yeah. Carolina. That's a blessing. We did see snow in New York while we were up there. Oh, yeah. It was completely miserable. It was a fun trip. It was just so cold. Pictures look good. It was a quick turnaround, though, wasn't it? 24 hours. Wow. But, I mean, you know, obviously being in New York, you had to wear your mask Yeah. going into buildings. 
But it was funny how you kept your mask on because you're walking outside because it was so cold. Everything was just like, and then I was getting icicles in my beard. I was like, okay, what is this over here? (laughs) It was fun. We, uh, only two places we went in actually only asked for the, like a verification. Yeah. Anything like that. Everybody else was like, yeah, come on in. We don't care. Get out of the cold. So, so did you like have to carry your card with you everywhere you went, just in case? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, because mm-hmm. when we went up, they're pretty, pretty strict on that. How that would play out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't wasn't a problem going through the airport. wasn't going problem. So, it was fun. It, it was a good little trip. Obviously, it was a better experience in New York this time than the last time I was there, just because of the company I was with. <laughs> but we we did uh, where our hotel was. I think we must have walked by it like three or four times because they don't have the names on the buildings. It's just the address you're looking for. We we must have walked in front of it twice, behind it twice. We're like, okay, we know it's right here. Are, are we like, <laughs> like our GPS is like directing us all over the We're like, where is it? Like, oh, for the love, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a good little trip. And we went, we went to the cheesecake place that you recommended. It's good. It was. And it was so crazy because our room didn't have a refrigerator. And but I'm you like, left it at the window. We left yeah. it at the window because yeah. it was eight degrees when we woke up that morning. Our drinks were cold. The cheesecake was cold. I mean, yeah. it was. We went, we went in February one time. It was right before COVID really took off. And we did the exact same thing. We were like, we don't have a fridge, but it's cold out the window. And there's a fire escape. So we sat it on the fire escape. Yeah, I mean, it was. Eight degrees? Eight degrees. Oh, my. I don't even know what eight degrees would feel like. Yeah, it's it probably is. like that because the concrete holds or at least shields it from getting warm. I mean, it was it was cold. But that's when we got up. I mean, we, we didn't check out of our hotel till 11, <clears throat> but it was fun. Got to walk around. I was really sad because the whole point of wanting to go back up there was to take my wife back to the public library. Mm-hmm. She was wanting to go back to see it again. We get there, we're closed the weekend of January 7th, 8th, and 9th due to short staff. I'm like, of all weekends, really? I'm surprised really? Jana wasn't like, hey, I'll apply, <laughs> you know? No. <laughs> no? You, no. Yeah. I ain't living in New York. I'll go visit, but I ain't living in New York. Yeah. I ain't, Was yeah. the Rockefeller tree still up? Yes. I wonder how long they keep that thing up. They were in the process of taking decorations down everywhere else but that one thankfully was still up cool but the, it, cool, the coolest place we went in even even going into the disney store and i mean that that, that was pretty cool yeah it's awesome especially when you're going up the escalator and they got they got the tea lights right there from tangled yeah hanging up but the coolest place we went in was the lego store i've never been there oh my word i'm I, not a lego person so i, I even if you're not a lego person it's still just so cool i, I could have bought the whole store out but it's okay <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're here. Just kind of catching up a little bit. This week, we want to continue with our little book club study. I guess I guess we're gonna call it book club study. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I think we'll check out now. Yeah, <laughs> book club, please. No, in a sense, because being in ministry, we, we we're constantly reading books, or we should be reading books. I, I should say that are helping to grow us. Uh, physically, spiritually, mentally a little bit. So 
last week we we looked at well two weeks ago I guess we looked at some of those some of our favorite Christian classics. This week we want to flip the page a little bit and look at some of our favorite Christian books and and those books that have really helped make us who we are in our ministries. I want to say top ten list, but just some of our favorites. So, Kyle, we'll let you go first. What? Oh, man. I went first last time. Okay, we'll let Dustin go first this time. Okay, poor. We'll we'll let Dustin. So, what? We'll go Dustin, me, you? Yeah, yeah. And then next (laughs) week, it'll be you, me, Dustin. This is going to throw me for a loop, because I'm going to forget when it's my turn. But it's okay. Oh, my. So, i got to pick something now. So, do we need a drum roll? (laughs) I guess. Just flipping to the pages of books. So, I was handed a book probably two or three years ago by Dr. Moeller, who is the president of South um, Southern Seminary in Louisville, um, called We Cannot Be Silent. Um, so that's probably one of my, that's what I'm going to start out with. Um, it's a really good book talking about the culture and leading up to where we are now, um, what we're experiencing um, right now in the American culture with all the different various forms of things that are coming our way and how we handle that as believers. And I thought he did a really good job of kind of laying that out and showing us how we got here as a church mm. but how we can change that so i think i'm gonna start with that one you okay. said he handed it to you did he give he it not, to you? no I, it was someone else handed it to that me that would be awesome Dustin no. gave him a fist bump yeah that would Dr. Be Mola, awesome. what's going well on, i had man? to give him the fist bump in order for him to give me the book <laughs> you ever gotten a book signed by somebody no i wished i could I've been to conferences before where people would take their Bibles up to the speaker. Sign my Bible. We've talked about that before. Yes. That's an annoyance of mine. I I, I've, yes, I've seen that. I've seen that before. How people would have you sign their Bible, and I'm like, that's a little bit. But anyway, I'll sign your Bible. Help me take. <laughs> I just get. All right. Did you say the name? I did. We cannot be silent. Okay. I'm. So, I, did, I didn't hear oh, the name. Right. I heard you talking about Dr. Moeller, but I didn't hear the name. That's all right. Let me say it again. Just. Just in case. So no, that's that's a good book. We're not putting them in any particular order, right? No. Okay. No. We're just throwing them out there. Just throwing them out there. Which my my first book that I would give to anybody going into ministry, but I don't want to take some afraid that you would have it. No, it's actually not. Uh, you just talk about it. You can say it. It's not on my list. Okay. Okay. And I'll tell you why. All right. So my 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 first choice would be Dangerous Calling by Paul David Tripp. Yeah. That maybe it's so personal to me because at the time it came out you know me and you and then our buddy jaron we were reading through it and it just seemed like every week the chapters we were reading i mean we we were dealing with the exact same thing almost and that's why it's not on my list (laughs) because man it was a dangerous book at that point in my life It, it was but it did it brought us closer together in that aspect but you're talking about someone starting in the ministry Yes, 100%. It needs to be on your shelves. Yeah, I mean, I think it just gives you good practical advice of there there are or there is a bad side of ministry. Yeah, yeah. That colleges and universities don't prepare you for. Just how to deal with them. You know, like, we, we talked about when we were reading it, man, it needs to be on every book lists that you get when you're about to graduate from seminary or sure or yeah. christian college whatever it be it's just it should be on that list just because you i don't want to say it tries to talk people out of going into the ministry but it puts it in a different aspect that 
I never saw interning at a church or even knew I was going to experience until I started reading that book, and it made it more real. And I would even add, I don't know, you got, have you ever read that book, Dustin? Yes, you actually gave me a copy of it. <laughs> that's that's Rob's go-to. Uh, yeah, and I actually uh, read the first couple chapters, took a break, and I finished it. But yeah, it was it was good. Okay. Y'all agree, disagree with this, I don't know. I would almost recommend you don't have to be in ministry to read that book. Huh. Like every I never thought about that. Everyday lay people of the church. I think that would be a great book for them to read because it gives it would give you an insight of hey, my, my pastor does struggle with these things. Yeah. Hmm. He he does struggle with hmm. emotional health. He does struggle with lack of church attendance like there, there's things that pastors deal with that our flock doesn't always see. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that would be a good book for I'm not saying do a book Bible study book club thing with a church, but if you're listening to this podcast and you don't work at a church but you're just you you attend a church, yeah. I, I recommend pulling that book up, giving it a read. It's 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 real it's real it's really enlightening there there we go that, that was the speed round alright Kyle yeah we always talk about find your community find your community and read this book together yeah there you go other local pastors in your your area or association whatever it be read it together because it's good but be ready to be challenged yep <laughs> I'm not going to say it's cursed but it's got some <laughs> things that you're going to go through and walk through um, you I'm going to switch which one I was going to share just based off the way the way you talked about Dangerous Calling, but a book that I've given to people when they're going into ministry because it was beneficial for me is uh, the Bible from 10,000 feet or 30,000 feet, 10,000, I don't know, by Skip Heitzig. And it was one of those books because it was, it's basically a flyover of the introduction to the Bible because it takes the Bible and it puts it in a perspective of, it's not a commentary, but it's, it, it shows you key aspects of what you're going to expect when you read the Bible. And I think it break, I didn't read it this way, but it's broken down to read as a devotional where you read it once a week. And it's really good. 30,000 feet? Yeah. yeah. It's 30,000 30, 30, feet. Yeah. I didn't know it was a book. It is. It, yeah, because it, what's crazy. I thought it was I, a series. Yeah. I've been going back and listening to that series. Oh, yeah. You, so I didn't even know it was a, I didn't know that he had put it out as a book or a devotional. Yeah. I read the book first and then I went through his sermon series when he, he wrote the book first and then went through that crazy. sermon series. Yeah. Okay. That's a small world. Yeah. Super informative. So yeah, it's I, kind of a different, it's not like your Christian living book, but as far as information and getting it quickly well and and learning about the bible yeah like it's very informative as long if it goes like his series it does yeah like it's yeah i, I like that that's cool i'll have to find that book then yeah, yeah. it's good uh, all right because i listened to that series on my way home most of the time on 106 really yeah i finished it up. i listened to it because that's what they were airing um and wow. i didn't realize it was a book so now i'm interested i just, in, listen, I just listened to it on his youtube channel yeah get yeah. the book and you can huh. do it as a devotional it's cool Cool. All right, Dustin, you got another one? I do. Um, this book comes from my time at North Greenville. It's called The Promise Plan of God. Hmm. Um, basically, the guy's name is Walter Kaiser, and what he did um, is he basically shows you 
from the Old Testament leading up to the New Testament, that thread of redemption. Hmm. Um, so basically seeing Christ in the Old Testament, and that's kind of what he did, and showing you how that, that whole plan that basically God had orchestrated, that he was going to send his son in Matthew from Genesis all the way to the end. Um, that was probably one of the most powerful books I've read to kind of tie hmm. in the Old Testament to the New Testament. Hmm. So the good. Promised Plan of God. Who was it by? Walter Kaiser. Hmm. It's a pretty big book, so it took me a while to <laughs> finish reading it because I only had to read a couple chapters in the in North Greenville in the class, but I read the rest of it afterwards. So this might be sad, but of all my books on my list, they're probably like they're not like super thick. Yeah, my yeah, I the thickest one is one I just said. <laughs> Maybe we go in thickness order. <laughs> Ooh, I don't even know which one that would be on mine, though. Uh, no, another one of mine, I think, for pastors. Uh, it's by Jared Wilson. It's called The Pastor's Justification. Huh. So I didn't know he was an author. I see him on Twitter all the time. Yeah. It's it's a really good book. He just breaks it down of... Say the name of it. The Pastor's Justification. Oh, okay. Uh, he, he breaks it down into a lot of things that pastors struggle with on that Monday morning. Oh, cool. Hmm those internal struggles that we have and how to really put our worth and our trust back into Jesus mm. and not to say, Hey, we shouldn't worry about these things over here. It, it's a very insightful book. It's, it's not very deep, but it's practical, everyday, useful information that a that pastor could gain. Not the same has dangerous calling. Yeah. So, but Jared Wilson, Pastor's Justification. Good book. I'm going to say one. If we were doing a draft, I think it would be the number one pick. And it might be on y'all's list, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. Don't Waste Your Life, John Piper. This is one of the first Christian books I ever read. That yep. I mean, it just, that and Radical. Sorry, I didn't mean to spoil it if it's on your list. But those two books, man, they, they shape the way that you think about life and, and, and serving God and living for the Lord and... Um, yeah, in his sermon series, Don't Waste Your Life is just as good, but that book was awesome. It's been a long time since I've read it, but I love that book. I was waiting to see who was going to be the first person to pull out John Piper. <laughs> He's actually on my list. Yeah, I mean, Not that book? No, I mean, I love that book, but that's yeah, not the one on my that, list. That book's on my list. <clears throat> okay. So it was. So. It's okay. Well, that, shoot, why not? We're talking about John Piper. <laughs> Let me just go there. Um <laughs> And actually, I read this book in college, too, Desiring God. Oh, yeah. yes. Yep. Um, so yeah. that's on my bookshelf. Now, that one is, there again, lengthy. I don't normally read lengthy books, but yeah. when, when the I one that's good. That I that Yeah, so that's where I, that was a really good book. Did you read more in college than you do now? I think I did outside of, like, studies. And maybe that's just time management. I don't know. but no. No, you read more now? I, yeah, I definitely yeah. read more now. I felt like in college it was, I had to read this, whether I liked the book or not. And so it kind of turned me away from reading. Hmm. But when I got out of college, I'm like, oh, yeah. I have the freedom to read what I want to read. And I enjoyed it more than I yeah. did huh. in college. I'm the opposite. I don't know why. I mean, I probably did not really start reading as much as I do now until I came to the church that I'm currently at. And a lot of that was probably because... I was just married, so my wife is a huge, Yeah, I ain't going to call her book nerd, but she's a huge book nerd. I mean, she but, she's reading constantly. My, my pastor, <laughs> my, my pastor would be a book nerd. I mean, he's constantly reading, and I guess that kind of 
dwindled down to me a little bit. Now, I can't read some of the books that they do, but I still like to read. Yeah. All right, so you said don't waste your life. You kept it with John Piper's Desiring God. I'm going to go with a whole completely different route. Uh-oh. How dare you? How dare you? But it's called Don't Waste Your Sports. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's by C.J. Mahaney. Oh, okay. And so it's a super small book, but the book is so good. And it, it has helped me really rethink how pastors, Christians, and just families can live in a world of faith and sports. Hmm. Hmm. And how we can, they don't have to be separate identities. Yeah. That how am I challenging my students and my families? to go and share the gospel while they're playing at a sport that they love, you know? Wow. And the whole concept is he, he bases it off 1 Corinthians that whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it as you're doing it for the Lord. Right. Hmm. And it, it's just a super good book. It's really helped reshape my thinking of, I mean, I don't know if y'all have ever done this, but I know early on in my ministry, I'd always be like, oh. They chose this sport over coming to church tonight, or, or they chose travel ball over coming to church this weekend. What's wrong with people? You know, like you're at war almost. Mm. Mm. But that book helped me realize the last couple of years that we don't have to be at war with that. That has a pastor. How am I reaching out to them and encouraging them mm. when they're not here instead of criticizing and chastising them for not being here? Well, they're still being able out to be enjoy God's creation. How 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 am I pouring into them and investing in them to let them be a light with the people they're around? Hmm. And it, it, I don't know, it just revolution my thinking there a little bit. So, don't waste your sports by C.J. Mahaney. Hmm. So it kind of helped you. But I'm hearing what you're saying. It kind of helped you connect with them where they were. Sure. Like yeah. meeting them where they are in that particular moment in their life. Yeah, like, if you have students who miss church because of sports, they're not willingly missing church. You know, like, right. I've missed church before. We, we, we don't, but how am I connecting with them to say, okay, that was great. What, how was your tournament this mm. weekend? Okay. How, how did you see God working this weekend through conversations? Right. Did the way you practice, did the way you warmed up, the way you treated your coaches and the referees, did did you show the glory of God through the way you played? Oh, okay. Just kind of, you know, every day. Now, I'm one to say that because I, I, I'm one that I feel like I have to yell at the referees because I got to make sure I get my money's worth <laughs> while I'm yelling at them. And especially since I'm coaching soccer, I have no idea what I'm yelling at. I just like to yell just to yell, but, you know, that that's completely different, but... Anyway, no, it's a really good book. Uh, that's that's one that I would really highly recommend a lot of pastors or youth pastors read. And and you could read it. I mean, that book is super thin. You you could probably really read that book in an hour. Okay. It's very, very small, but very practical and hmm. helps you rethink. All right, Kyle, what um, you got? I'm a sucker for biblical manhood books and uh, – 
probably my favorite one is called Killing Lions by John Eldridge. Same guy who wrote Wild at Heart, which is another mm-hmm. great book. Uh, but it's based off the principle that I think there's this tribe in Africa called the Maasai tribe who in order to become a man, um, you have to kill a lion first to be qualified as a man. And it takes it in this direction of in in our life as men, there's going to be lions that we face that um, we've got to be willing to kill them, such as lust and and and. and perhaps pornography or uh, for always trying to be right or strong. And uh, I don't know, that book just hit me in a different way because it was just, it was a challenge for me. And I think it draws back to this of my past where I've always been a type that wants to surround myself with biblical men because I didn't really have that growing up. Mm -hmm. And that book kind of pushed me to find mentors in a way that, um, I don't know, I probably would have found this out later in life, but that book, really, it, it challenges you to find older godly men who have killed lions, in a sense. And and it was good. I, it's, it's really cool. I, I did this with our, um, our college young guys for a study, and it's got a prayer journal that you can walk through. Uh, but it's a really good book. Mm. Mm. I like that. All right, my turn next, huh? Okay, so... I actually did this. I read this book um, a couple years ago, and I decided to do it with my senior in college class. It's actually a study, but it's called The Christian Atheist by Greg Rochelle. Um, I think the cool thing about that book is it really helped delineate the difference between biblical Christianity and cultural Christianity, Hmm. the difference between the two. Um, That's an episode right there for us. I know, right? Yeah. But um, I thought he did a great job of basically – Showing if you wanted a nutshell of like a lot of people say they believe, but their actions don't back up their words. Yeah. Um, and so he was just showing uh, the us as believers, if you're going to say you believe, then your walk needs to match your talk mm. and the difference between that cultural and biblical Christianity. So I would highly recommend that um, to anyone to read. That was, what was the name of that again? Uh, the Christian Atheist, Greg Groeschel. I think I vaguely – did you do a study with that with your – I did. I did it with my senior in college Sunday school class. I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I think – Because he has a book, but then he also has like a DVD series with a workbook, and you can uh, – basically he walks through the book and then – Okay. Y'all going laugh, but I'm just going to keep it where I was the last time. This one is called In the Arena. It's the promise of sports for Christian discipleship. Hmm. It's written by David Prince. Uh, again, it goes a, a, along with the C.J. Mahaney's "Don't waste your sports," but it kind of gives you a, a perspective of what it's like to get invested with families who their kids are playing a lot of sports. Oh, cool! Okay, you know, just practical applications of. How are you ministering to your own children while they're playing sports? Yeah. Um, again, it just it's one of those books that really just threw me for a loop. Uh, I wish it would have been written 20, 25 years ago. It's so it, it just hit so much home to home of those battles that I know that I've faced that. I would get so aggravated about so many times that I was like, 
but I'm getting aggravated about the wrong things. <laughs> you know, like, it, I don't know. It's just a really good book. I think, too, probably being more involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes yeah. has really fueled a lot of that, too. So, just throwing that out there. It's another good book. Cool. My next one's called Dad Tired and Loving It. Uh, again, sucker for biblical manhood, but this one kind of puts it in a perspective of even though we're tired, we're called to be leaders of our families, of our kids, and in our case, of our church. And uh, a lot of times we feel like we stumble our way through that a lot of it. And this book kind of takes it from a perspective of that's okay because our strength isn't in ourselves. It's in the Lord. And I, he's actually got a podcast called Dad Tired and Loving It. It followed up after this book. It's pretty cool, too. Uh, but it's it's an easy, fun read. Uh, I, I give it to a lot of young dads because it, it puts a lot of stuff in perspective. Okay. Cool. So young dads, or is it practical for, like... No, it's not just young dads. It's just, again, well, I mean, you want to hear from somebody yeah. that's experienced. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk to somebody that's – or have advice given to me, somebody that just had a newborn, right? But those are the guys I think needed a lot of it. I needed a lot of it. So I just give it to young dads because a lot of times you meet these dads they are like, I got it all figured out. So oh. let's hit them early. <laughs> yeah. Let's hit them early before they can get feeling like that. So who who wrote it? Uh, Jared Lopez. Jared I think Lopez. Lopez. Lopez uh, we pronounced yeah. your name wrong. You're listening. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening, man. <laughs> cool. All right. Oh, I'm up next again, huh? Yep. All right. You're so on I'm the get, clock. I'm on the clock. I'm not getting paid for this, am I? I'm just kidding. Um, I guess the um, another book that I would highly recommend, and I actually came across this last semester while my time in seminary. Um, and the guy, the, the professor, it was old, a New Testament class, and he had us to read um, 40 questions about the historical Jesus. Hmm. So it walked you through, basically, the guy writing it would pull out sources from, like, non-believers and atheists, and then he would tie all that back into Christian literature, um, theologians, and he'd basically point you to the fact that Jesus was, was historically did exist, but he was more than just a simple man that exists but he was indeed the son of god um and it's literally i mean it's there again another pretty thick book because there's 40 questions to walk through but i mean it really really opened my eyes to who jesus was historically but also who he was biblically hmm. okay so not the, not to put you on the spot but can you remember any of those questions oh goodness i know i oh goodness no i can't be honest with you but i That's can look them up. Hey, that that would make a good series i still have the book I didn't rent it because I bought it. I liked it so much. Yeah, that that would be a good series, like just random questions about Jesus or Christianity mm. that we could talk about on here. That that that's, I like that. That's hmm. That would be a that'd be interesting. All right, how many more do y'all want to do? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, I I don't want to just keep going just to keep going, but if there are a few more books that we have that we think are really beneficial. I can combine two of mine real quick, but yeah, I got probably three more, two okay. or three more. Because the next one I was going to share, I, I did combine it. They wrote two books, but I've combined them because it's the same authors and it's kind of the same title. Um, it's called The First Days of Jesus. That's the first book. And then he wrote a book called The Final Days of Jesus. Oh, cool. I'm going to butcher this name. 
I can never say his name, okay? So, again, if he's listening, I apologize. Uh, but it's written by Justin Taylor and Andreas Kostenberger. Hmm. Hmm. But I love the books because they take you, especially the final days of Jesus, he takes you through the historical accuracy of the things that happened the days leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. Cool. And we, we, we've recommended that one to our church before, and people have borrowed it, read it. So the first days of Jesus, talking about obviously talking about his birth, everything that happened during that time, and then the final days of Jesus. Cool. My next one is uh, Not God Enough by J.D. Greer. I think I've talked about that on this podcast, but uh, it just kind of makes you think about how your view of God is not deep enough, it's not broad enough, it's not big enough, because God is so much bigger. And it kind of takes those hard questions that Christians ask, and especially non-Christians, of why do bad things happen to good people, or why do bad things happen, period? Why does God allow hurt and pain and, and all these different aspects of things we fully don't understand about God? Because maybe we're not supposed to, but when we start to dive deeper into it, then we see the joy of where in hard and in pain, God is there in the joy. Um, and we just got to be looking for him. So it's a good book, really good book. Anybody could read it, not just pastors. Yeah, I, I like J.D. Greer. Yeah. I was actually going to put one of his books on my list, but I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to include that on it, but Gaining by Losing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if y'all ever read that, that one. That was one of his early ones. Where just kind of he talked about the idea that you may lose church members that are going yeah. to share the gospel, but we're gaining for eternity's yeah. sake. It's, it's a really good book, but yeah, I like that one. Cool. So to answer your question, can I backtrack? Sure. Okay. So 40 questions about the historical Jesus. I had to look them up because I can barely <laughs> remember what I eat for breakfast, most likely. 40 questions. Um, but some of the questions, like, for instance, um, one is, what are the various views of the historical Jesus? Um, what does the Old Testament teach about the coming Messiah? So kind of thread that in there. Um, what does the New Testament outside the Gospels teach about Jesus' life and teachings? So it takes you outside of the four Gospels and lets you see cool. outside sources from various individuals. Like, like Josephus. And Josephus and, like, yeah. and um, Constantine. All the, different, all the different aspects that you got there. And then what do you learn about the historical Jesus from archaeology? So the findings there. And then it kind of goes into like, when was Jesus born? Was Jesus really born of a virgin? Um, why does it matter that Jesus was born of a virgin? And then did Isaiah seven fourteen predict that Jesus would be born of a virgin? And it just goes on um, hmm. through the various questions. And there's there's a ton. But it was, it was really eye-opening. There's a lot to take in because it had a lot of footnotes and extra sources you can go look at. And so, yeah, it was, it was a challenge. It's almost like a textbook. Well, it kind of is, but I mean, <coughs> cool. That'd be a cool. That'd be a cool Bible study to do. Yeah, because you can you can alter it and like kind of use that for your students or you know, congregation, whatever. I was gonna say, could you turn that into like a youth series without really hurting their heads, going way over top of their heads? I mean, that would be it'd be interesting. <laughs> so yeah, that was um, there. You go. What's your book? My book. So this is another one from my seminary experience. And it's actually, it's back. It's actually. I asked him the question: Do you read more now, or do you read in college? All of this well, was from college. Listen, 
No, well, these have, well, I've only had like I'm two. Just, I'm just messing with you. I know yeah. you are. Um, but Dr. Aiken, who's the president at Southeastern, wrote a book called I Am Going. Um, and it's a really good book because it really challenges the believer to understand the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, literally going and being Jesus to the world. And it, like, it brings in stories from his missionary journeys, his experiences, other missionaries. And it's really short. It don't take you long to read it, but it was a really eye-opening. Whole, whole eye, it changed my whole perspective mm-hmm. about what the Great Commission really, really was. So I am going. Okay. That's good, man. There's some good books here. Yeah, like we we really do need to follow up. This was my this was my fault. I didn't do this the last week, but we do need to follow up to make sure we put this like where people yeah. could visibly see like right. the titles of these books. I'm more of a visual learner than I am audible learner sometimes. Yeah, we keep talking about this. I'm thinking, man, we could make a whole other episode. What are the hardest slash challenging books you've ever read? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking about that right now. Yeah. Actually, some of the hardest books I've read would have been on my list from the last episode. Yeah. You know? But I'll, I'll just finish up with two more for mine. Uh, this book, it's uh, Vintage Jesus hmm. by Mark Driscoll. So regardless of your view of everybody, whatever, whatever, you know, all that, it's still a really great book as he dives into the the life and the person of who Jesus Christ really was. Mm-hmm. And it, it's well worth it. It's not an easy read, but it is an easy read, if that, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, it's not like you're going to read it and you're going to bang your head on the desk because there's so many big words in it, but there's just a lot of information. And it's a it's it's a pretty good size not a good size book. Yeah. But yeah, that that'll be one of my other books, be Vintage Jesus. I'm trying to think of which one to say next, because I've got three left. I'm gonna combine two of them from my favorite preacher, Matt Chandler. Uh two of I, I love almost every one of his books, uh, to the point I have all of his audio books now. Every one of them. But two of my favorite ones, uh, Mingling of Souls. Me and Emily read that right before we got married. Um, It's pretty cool. It walks through Song of Solomon, of all things. Um, And then the uh, the last one I just read of his is called Joy in the Sorrow. And he's not just the only author. He takes people from his church and outside of his church of sharing testimonials about how God worked in, 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 in hard situations. And, and I read that book in a place, in a time and a place where I was just like, man, maybe the ministry's not for me. And it was super encouraging, super encouraging. Yeah, there's, I got a lot of his books too. So yeah. the one I've, I have on my, well, beside my desk that's on my reading list for this year. Have you seen his book, Family Discipleship? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's on my list, so. Maybe this time next year. I have I can, the audio book if you want it. <laughs> I don't have, I haven't listened to it. Maybe this time next year I can check back in and be like, oh, this book was about, you know, yeah. That That's a good one. All right, Dustin, what else you got? I think that's all I had, to be honest with you. I mean, I can, well, I guess I could recommend one more if you. Go for it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I've always been fascinated. I actually took a course in college on the book of Revelation. I've always been fascinated by yeah. the end times and um, prophecy and those kind of things. Um, so the, a book that someone handed me 
and I read was the four views of the book of Revelation. Hmm. Um, and so I would recommend anybody to interest in Revelation, be ready to get your dictionary out. But um, it was a good, it was a good read. Who's it by? Oh goodness, it had several authors in it. Um, it was it wasn't just one author; it was contribute. It was a contribution of many biblical scholars coming together to to write that. But I think that makes it worth it when it's from a, a lot of different sources. Because yeah. they basically walk you through the different the views that people take on Revelation. Yeah, um, and so each one of them that wrote it had a different view, and so you're seeing all different kind of perspectives. That. On the book of Revelation. That would hurt my brain. <laughs> yeah. That's one book I've never really dove in into. Or, uh, yeah, dove into just because it's just, I don't know. I, I've read it, but I don't, yeah, studying it is a whole different beast, literally. I will say that when I did it for a series for our youth, it actually changed my perception of yeah. Revelation. Yeah. Of a lot, actually, of a lot of things. Yeah. That, at least just from my understanding, you know, Revelation was, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about Jesus. And I, it was just kind of, it was eye opening, really. I was like, oh, okay. But it's, funny, so, it's funny that you mentioned that because literally, while each one of those individuals take a different view of Revelation, at the end of every single chapter, that's basically what they bring it back to. Like, regardless of how you see Revelation, it's all about about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's what they there's, kept there's pointing no, back there's to. There's no if, ands, or buts no, around it. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's all about Jesus. It's interesting. Okay. All right. Well, I just, I just got one more. And it's more of a... Well, it's an autobiography. But it's an older book. Uh, but I love reading autobiographies. I love reading about people and where they're, where they're from and... Yeah. You know, just how Christ used them... So it's the autobiography of Pistol Pete Maravich. Oh, cool. Um, if you're not familiar with Pete Maravich, he, he was a basketball player. His dad was his basketball coach. Uh, his, his dream was to be one of the best basketball players ever. And he ended up, got a scholarship, went to LSU. Uh, I think to this day he still owns the NCAA scoring record. Without a three-point line. Without a three-point line. Yeah. And they didn't keep assists back then. So that's, yeah. that's another thing. I'm like, man. But his life didn't turn out the way he wanted it to once he got into the NBA. Uh, temptation really got a hold of his life. But after his time in NBA, um, he, came to know the, he came to know the Lord. And from that moment on, he lived his life serving Christ up until he, he died at the age of 40. And so it's just a very powerful, very encouraging story. So if you like autobiographies, that's just one I would recommend. Cool. You got, you got one more? Oh. I mean, you don't have I to. I do. I do. I can't believe I'm – it's probably the most tattered book on my shelf because I've read it the most times. Love Does by Bob Goff. No huge theological concepts here. It just talks about loving people well like Jesus loves them. And I – Part of my testimony and what opened my eyes to Jesus is the love of Jesus and the love of the Father. Um, in a time where I needed the love of a daddy, like I started to see that in in who God the Father was, and 
it, it shaped me. It changed me. And this book did it too. Again, nothing huge, uh, big eye opening theologically. It just talks about how love, how you can love people well. You, you've always been a big Bob Goff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I like Bob because he's entertaining. Right. And, and I've kind of, some of that's kind of changed in the, as I've grown as a Christian, but it's just, he, he makes it in a, in a way that it you can't argue with it, you know, because, I mean, there's different ways that we talk about treating people and loving people, but um, when you love people like Jesus, it, it changes everything. At least it should. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's probably other books that we have read that we probably hadn't even really thought of. Oh, yeah. You know? I'm sure. Like, there's, but before we end, I'm curious, outside of the Christian realm for a moment, okay, do y'all read books that are based outside of Christianity? Oh, yeah. You know, like, Fiction, nonfiction books. So, what what would be a go to book for you? What what's something that you like to read outside of Christianity? If you say the Twilight series, we will cut this episode off right now. <laughs> Harry that's... Potter? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean a lot of people like Harry Potter. Yeah, outside of Christian books is where I love biographies and autobiographies. Um, my go to, my favorite book, and this isn't going to be a shocker. All right, is Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger. <laughs> he, he was former D- Disney CEO um, over ABC for a long time. If you've never written, read his book, even from a leadership perspective, it, you don't right. have to be a Disney fan at all. But he tells the story of the week when they opened Hong Kong Disneyland is the same week that they had the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. Mm-hmm. It was the same week that the boy uh, fell into the pond at the Seven Seas Lagoon. Lagoon and was eaten by the, killed by the alligator. All of that was the same week, and just that story alone is worth that book because he talks about <laughs> how to deal with that from a leadership perspective. And I loved it. He he goes through how he made the deal for Marvel Comics, and business wise, leadership wise, Disney nerds, all time <laughs> favorite. I get goosebumps thinking about it because I love all of that stuff. But then my second one is the uh, biography of Alexander Hamilton. Hmm. We, uh, we watched the play Hamilton, and I, I love that story. I wanted, I wanted to figure out more about his life and if he truly was a follower of Jesus. And, man, that, it's an awesome book. Really cool story. Okay. Anything for you, Dustin? Believe it or not, I don't have anything outside of, um, yeah. I mean, I just... Nothing really, like, really piques my interest, I don't guess, but... Yeah, I mean, I probably only, should. But I don't. So. The, the only thing I, you know, that I have, I have a ton of history books. Yeah. It, any, anything, the American Revolution, the Civil War. Um, I, I mean, I, right now I'm currently in this Wild West mode. Okay. So I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading Dodge City by Tom Clavin. Oh, cool. So I, I, I guess. I don't know, this is kind of the nerd in me, I guess. I don't know, I found it really interesting. Like, when you think of Wyatt Earp, okay, if I say the name Wyatt Earp, y'all, y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Like, Wild West. No, I don't know who that is. Gunfight at the OK Corral. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. So, like, he was, when you think of the Wild Wild West, he would be one of the guys that you would think of in that movie. Okay. In that movie, in, within that realm. 
if you've seen the movie Tombstone, that's kind of oh, his, yeah. his character is that. Uh, Kevin Costner played the movie Wide Dirt back late 90s, something like that. But anyway, I guess what was interesting to me um, in reading this book, Wyatt Earp's dad was actually born in Lincoln, North Carolina, which is not too far from us. Mm. Wow. I was just kind of like, I don't know why I find that really cool, but I find that really cool that you're that close to somebody in historical history. Hmm. Like, historical history, that just didn't make no sense. That didn't make any sense. Anyway, but yeah, I, I, I love history books. I, I got some nonfiction Pretty much, I, I stick to a lot of history books. Uh, there's a lot of sports books I can mention, but we don't have enough time. Right? Yeah. yeah. You, you and I could probably do a whole episode just based on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave I, Dustin I'm, here for the side commentary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm thinking about it. Most of the non-Christian books I read are biographies or, or mm-hmm. the telling of something that happened in the past. Yeah. So, all right. Well, good, good list. Well, uh, if we left something off that you know you think we should have covered on here if there's something that you like to read let us know we're, we're always interested in seeing what other people are reading and getting information from you guys as well but next week we'll we'll cover some more books some more some more quotes coming moving forward let's do youth ministry books okay uh, we've all been called out <laughs> let's do it it's a challenge our youth ministry books that have shaped our ministry boy that could be scary because then they're going to be like, well, did you take the application that you read and did you use it to, <laughs> well, no, that's why we read. But again, I do want to preface what I said last week or last episode that books are good. They're, they're useful. I think God provided those authors with the talents and, and, and the whereabouts to write these books, but they will never replace the reading of God's word. Right. And ultimately, if you said the only thing you read is the Bible. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. As long as you are reading the Bible, you don't just, oh, I just read the Bible. Like, reading the Bible, that can hurt your brain sometimes. Mm. It really could. I mean, if you start reading Genesis through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, like you start reading through the books of the Bible, it, it could, it, whew, man, that'd be interesting. Mm. I've always wanted to see a true movie based off of the Bible. We've never talked about this, but have y'all seen any of the Chosen stuff? No, I've never seen them. I've heard it's pretty spot on, but again, we've never talked about it. So, oh man, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm thinking like when you think about hearing, reading some of these events, yeah. these wars yeah. that happened. I mean, there's no way you can make a movie about it, you know? No. If there is a movie about it, it'll have Mel Gibson in it. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> or Alec Kendrick. <laughs> That oh, would gosh. that would be a combination. <laughs> and on that note, thanks for listening, guys. We pray that it was uh, a useful episode for you this week. We look forward to bringing you some more books next week. So until next time, as always, keep it caffeinated.